Wait, is this Wait, thing is this on? Thing on? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to start. Hello, everyone. This is a new episode of Nostalgic Tangents. I'm Greg DiPietro. And I'm Rosie DeCandy, and I have to say that was quite formal, yes. that introduction, Greg. It was. See, I'm getting my radio announcer technical forms down. Radio Gaga. Welcome back. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> Well, what are we going to talk here. about? So we're we're still here. We're in the middle of uh, the coronavirus crisis around the world, uh, struggling through it in La La Land. Mm. How's yes. it affecting you? Um, for me, it actually, I mean, I it's terrible situation, but I'm used to hermiting because I'm an empath. So I sit in the house and I'm doing editing. I'm working on projects and I'm sitting at home eating my healthy puddings and for myself it's been fine because I'm not attracting any bad energy but I do I mean I try, I don't give in to the fear because I refuse to give in to the fear you of it you sound like Bill Cosby I think he's sitting all alone eating pudding now too oh my god that was good alright I used to love Fat oh, Albert did it. we ever talk Everything... about Fat Albert in our cartoon thing we didn't no one of my favorite hey 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 yeah it's, it's Fat Albert now I'm gonna sing the song for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean Bill Cosby was everything he did was amazing. Ugh. Who knew he was such a you know? Uh, ugh. Anyway. I think he still denies it, or did he finally admit it? His wife won't give up. Yeah, She's still perfect. When fifty people say the same thing, but anyway, let's not go down that tangent. So, so this <laughs> that's episode, not our topic. Not no. puddings and not Bill Cosby. We've been talking for five minutes. We haven't even talked about our topic. So we're going to talk about global crises since we're in the middle of the coronavirus, the latest global crisis. Yeah. Let's talk about things that affected the world. You know, 70s, 80s, 90s, and now. Things that we can remember because there's always been disasters that have affected the world from the beginning of time. And I just want to first, before we begin, I'm going to be good cop and spiritual cop and happy cop (laughs) that we shall overcome. We need to listen to the guidelines, people. Please take this seriously. I don't care how young you are, especially the elderly. My brothers had to convince my mother to stop going to ShopRite. Yeah, I mean, none of the elderly people want to stay home. They're all like, oh, it doesn't matter until they're, you know, gagging in the hospital. Well, my mom goes, I'm not elderly. I go, Ma, you're 81. She <laughs> goes, but I never think of myself as elderly. My brothers had to step in. I had to convince her to cancel all these ridiculous doctor's appointments. I don't think of your mother as elderly either. She's saying yeah. she's a, like the Energizer bunny. She God is. bless her, she is. But the point is, yeah, she, right, you know what I'm saying? You and get the thing, sick and you can't handle it. Right, so she wants to go to shop. I'm like, what the fuck do you need at shop right? What is so pressing in your life? There's and nothing my, at shop right, right now anyway. Well, she goes early in the morning, but guess what? They have a wine cellar we have a cellar downstairs that's all like like a bunker almost i swear to god it is stocked has been stocked with food for years point is this though my one brother brought groceries left it in the garage for her because obviously he doesn't want to get him infected then my other brother is having restaurant deliver food she had calzone she has eggplant parms pizza calamad was sent to her you just put calzone in my head i might have to have that she had it yesterday (laughs) so yeah i mean you know you be the good cop i'll i'll talk about the negativity maybe because (laughs) all i've seen is people act like assholes but you know Listen, the hoarding people, you know, Ugh. I mean, come on, you're, you, you're coming out of Ralph's with like a whole cart full of toilet paper and milk and water. What is the thing with, with bottled water? The, what does the coronavirus have to do with clean tap water? It's not going to affect you. It's so stupid. It does. That's the thing. But I want to smack them right in the head. <laughs> you need a smack right now. Wait, I have a question for you. Okay, first, with the, I wanted to talk. I do like to talk about the water thing. But what is about the TP? I don't know. My mom I guess said there was a study. Home. 
that the whiteness and the softness of the toilet paper. This is what a doctor said. This is what my mother said, okay? She loves to watch the news, that it's comforting to people. Oh, my God. No, I think it's about, you know... You Do they want to squeeze the shaman? But, you know, if we were in Europe, we'd just use a bidet. We don't have to worry about it. You know, to- you know how much forest is destroyed for toilet paper? I know. Just for toilet paper. It's but I have a question. I still need to wipe. I couldn't just use the bidet for my booty. No, a good bidet. When I was in Paris, you really? used... Oh, my God. You, you use a It'll good bidet. It'll blow water up that ass? It's high pressure. It's unbelievable. It's like, what do you call when you when you clean um, a <laughs> Power deck? washing. Good night and have a bidet. <laughs> anyway, yeah, if we had bidets, we wouldn't be wasting toilet paper. But it, the point is, like, the people who are hoarding, Ugh, you know, it's so like, weird. excuse me, if you're offended by rough language, cover your ears, but fuck you, hoarders, because you got all this shit I in agree. your closet now, and now all your neighbors have nothing. So, you selfish bastards... You know what I mean? Buy what you need. Ridiculous. I, I mean, I'm not gonna listen. I'm down to six rolls, but I have paper towels. And <laughs> I I'm might not, come here when I when I maybe I, I shouldn't say that. I don't want any looters coming to my door. Oh, they'll be coming with ski masks with a gun to get your toilet. And now paper. I, I don't believe in guns, but now you so we you know that friggin' lines for guns have gone up. This yeah. is ridiculous too. Like listen. I'm, I'm not a gun person, but now I think people are getting guns. Why? They're afraid of looters coming well, in the me, house? So let's talk about past mm-hmm. Christ. This is nostalgic tangents, oh, right? Yeah, so let's talk about, um, you know, I mean, we could go back to the 70s with the gas crisis and all that. I, I'm happy to talk about that. But, but since you're talking about people going nuts in a crisis, you look at Katrina, right? When it hit Ooh. New Orleans. Ooh. And that, that, was that was a real, this is, this, that was a real, and people... There was no water. There was no food. Yes. There was no electricity. People were living on the roof of their house for years. <laughs> no, well, I mean, no, but, but they I were mean... up there for days waiting for help. And people were going around with guns and 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 pointing them at people to get their bottled water. Can you imagine? Because you know you can go weeks without food if you. You know you can to. drink your own urine. Yeah, I don't, no, I think that's a myth. No, yes, no, it's <laughs> actually true. Shamans um, have told people to drink their own urine when they're sick. It's like a certain... Okay. Hey, all right. I, I have a question. Right. What happens if you have no water and, I mean... You boil it. You, you, like, you purify it. You don't just pee in a cup and drink it. Pee in it. a cup if you got... Where are you getting the boiler and where are you getting the fire? Hey, listen. If there's a zombie apocalypse, you want to be with me. I can make a fire with a stick. I can. I know how to do it with kindling and... Do you? Yeah, yeah. Were you a Boy Scout? I was a Boy Scout, but I got thrown out of Boy Scouts. I was just going to say, there's no way you stayed being a Boy Scout no, with the way you are because you've long. been a rebel since you were like out of the womb, it sounds but like. But I had my, uh, I ha- you want to hear something horrible? When I was a Boy Scout, I was Wait a Wait a second. Sc- Greg's always prefacing a story. You want to hear something horrible. <laughs> oh, Greg, we're not used to your horrible stories. I know. When I, I was a Boy Scout for years. I had my merit badges. I went to camp. I did all. I was pretty good. And I was a pain in the ass, but I was pretty good. So I was at Boy Scout camp one time. Okay. And I'm not going to mention his name. Name, but it's always bothered me. I, one time, I opened the, the tent to the no. to the scout manager, and this kid was kneeling in front of him, looked like he was blowing him. And I, I know the guy's name, the counselor, no, no, no. and I'm not gonna say it. But I I stood, stared for a minute. He stared at me. I closed the tent and I how walked old away. Were you? Mm, how old was I? Eleven ish, twelve. You were old enough to like. I mean, you were old I should have said what, something. No, and but you were old did. enough to know what you were seeing. Oh, oh yeah. No, I knew no, no. I, I mean, doing. you weren't like six. No, no, okay, no. Go no. On, I knew go what on. was going on. And um, sure enough, they did a the next day. They did a surprise inspection of everybody because they knew I had pot. I mean, you know, at eleven. Yeah, I had pot. So they found it in maybe twelve ish. But they found it in my footlocker, and of course, they threw me out and sent me home. And I never told my parents why I got thrown out. 
I mean, technically, I shouldn't have had pot, but they didn't care. But they needed to get rid of me. I know his name, but anyway. Do you think he's still alive? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Should be. Just check him on Facebook. Whatever. But it's always bothered me that I didn't say anything. I, pro- I should have Well, I didn't him. mean that. Because I think also that is something scary. Because a child also doesn't know how an adult is going to react. Because... Listen, I don't think it was your place to say anything. I just was more concerned of, like, if he was six, maybe you didn't see sometimes. But yeah. 11 years old, 12, you kind of like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah, well, you also didn't want to know if he was going to come on to you. Yeah, Literally man. come on to you. <laughs> oh, All right. We did are, I go we, there? We, you went there. Did, I'm sorry. We're way down a, uh, a rabbit, rabbit hole. hole here. So, so you know, listen, I'm a gun owner. I'm proud to say it. Um, I'm ex-military. I'm trained. I respect guns. I, you know, and um, and I'm a gun owner. And you know what? I think the when you look at a crisis like this, like even Katrina, anything, I, I mean, I, I was about to go off on another tangent, but let me stay on topic. Sure. So when when this this thin fabric of society, right? This this. It's it's really it's very it's hanging by a thread like mm. this 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 false sense of security when let's say there's an earthquake here in LA right there's no water there's no oh, electricity police can't get to you you can't call nine one one all of a sudden the neighbors that you wave to every day they suddenly start looking at your food your Maybe water they're looking at you to eat oh, you oh yeah th- things go nuts really fast and I mean fast like within a day or two. And you know what? I will protect myself. I mean, I do think, listen, I, I'm terrified of guns. Um, but there's a story with that. We're not going to go into that. But the point is this. I agree with you that people will go crazy and such. But I myself feel like I think we can still say that there's still more people that will find the humanity and be more human. And I think... The problem is, it's the fear, and it's kind of what the government keeps feeding people. Now, I don't want to say that the government shouldn't be telling us the truth about things, because we do need to know the the severity of this, but people just automatically, it's a human thing. Why can't we ever find balance? We can't just be like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to go to places I don't need to go, right? They've had to shut down bars and everything. Are you talking about common sense, logic, and reason Yeah. in the human uh, condition? Have you lost it? No. Obviously, I've lost my no. common sense. I, you know, I really believe in like the yin and yang thing. Um, there's a balance in everything if you look close enough, you know. So if you watch the news, it's always fire and brimstone and mm. bad, bad. But that's because there's a really large lens looking at all the bad stuff. Yeah. But I believe there's just as much equal good stuff in the world. Like from, from the most evil to the maybe someone who just a little cheats, you know. And there's there's the saint that's amazingly good all the way up to someone who's just a decent person. I think it equally balances out. I agree. Does that make sense? Am I, right? I completely agree so, with but you. But there's just not enough people, they're not focusing on the good stuff. So so it's easy to start thinking, you know, humanity is just horrible, but but half of them are. <laughs> and there he goes back to being the, uh, what are you, realistic? I don't know. I'm idealistic. However, my my very good friend who's from the UK, her niece, that all her family still lives in England, and her niece is um, in college, and her and her friends are helping out the elderly, mm. buying foods and leaving groceries for them. So this is beautiful to see 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds, and people really stepping up to the plate, which I think is important about why crisis happens. Because if you think about it, your own personal crises and tragedies make you who you are. I mean, your past, you two talk openly, and you've done so much good for people by being inspirational, and I'm assuming you sponsor because mm-hmm. you are 
are sober and have been for 20 years. Yep. Like, you wouldn't be who you were. Like, you were destined to have to do all that crap, in my opinion, because I don't think you'd be this person if you didn't go through that. And I think that's the thing about crisis, is if the people the, the, the people that get it can say, how can I rise above it? Oh, we get it. Well, Not everybody always, does. Yeah, you should learn and grow. I mean, yeah. you know, look, if, if everything was easy and there was no crisis, we'd all be living in well-decorated caves, you know? Like, <laughs> that's what motivates us to improve and discomfort right. and crisis, right? So, yeah, I mean, you, you know, at this point, I kind of seek out challenges and humility and it helps you grow. Yes. But but you're right. I mean, um, it, it definitely happens for a reason and it, it can make you a better person or it can, you know, but you're going to find out who you are in a real crisis. And that's, I think, what we're finding out today. And I think what happens, it's just blindsiding people because this country has never seen, besides the Civil War and Revolution, when was that? How many, it's like a couple of centuries ago? <laughs> okay, we've never seen actual war, right? Like, my mom is a World War II. I have. I was in the... Well, you were... Not this country, though. I'm talking about this country in the country itself. Oh. Now, Besides yes, 9/11, you're yeah. service, but you served. 9-11 was an active war, but yeah, okay. But what I mean is, I like, you. Iraq, Iran, Syria, yeah. World War II, there's bombs going off. There weren't off. foreign soldiers marching through New York City. Correct. I, I got you, yeah. And that's what I mean. Right. I, I, you know, thank you for clarifying. Like, my mom... Was in World War II as a refugee. Yeah. She has a broken eardrum. My mom grew up in refugee camps. Literally was on breadline. My one aunt cut in the raw. One aunt was in coma from fear. It was really very, obviously, tra- traumatic. Yeah. But my mother at 81 will tell me that she regrets nothing. She's glad she lived in World War II. Said it made her a better person. And she is so grateful. And my mom is such a bright light yeah. because of it. But the thing is, this country, and I'm talking about my age, I'm not saying people that are veterans, okay? So let's exclude that. <laughs> the people that have never been in a war are just yeah. like, oh my God. And it's like, people, this is nothing compared to what other countries have experienced. And let's also think about our veterans have we thought about our veterans who have gone to war hello what they've had to deal with that's another thing no one really talks I'll about tell that you what, right now. I'll, t- I'll tell you i think um <laughs> i look at like society is getting soft you know it really is and, oh like you know entitled? what i mean well no yeah like entitled and soft and just whining about discomfort and I don't want to sound like, listen, I'm not some macho beat the chest. Like, I'm all about showing your emotions. I, I wear my life on my sleeve. There's nothing wrong with, you know, that gentle side and Correct. all that. But I think there's you still need to have an obligation, um, and not just as a man, as a woman, too, to take care of yourself. Yes. You know, it's not some macho thing. But there are people I know, maybe it's just L.A., Guys, good guys, nice guys. I'm not, but I think if there was like a real crisis, they would just stand there, shake, and pee their pants, and someone would have to help them. <laughs> like, you know what they I mean? They crumble. Like, yeah. Like, what, what they do you, crack under the pressure. It's unbelievable. And I think that's where, and it doesn't make a difference what age you are, because I don't want to put this on millennials or anything, because people are like, oh, the millennials, this. I'm like, listen, there are people at all different ages and stages that can't handle reality of life, because maybe they really have never seen the reality of life. And the reality of life is, shit's going to happen, shit's going to go down, because we control nothing. Yeah. And that's another thing, a realization of all this, is that you control nothing. So at this point, the only thing you can control is your actions and your 
reactions. So how are you going to react to this? Are you going to be like, I'm going to stay in my freaking house. I'm not going to be a freaking chooch. I'm not going to be an anamale. You know, I don't need to be out there. <laughs> an Do an anamale. Do I need to be out there? Hey, these Stop it. You know, stay the my, fuck in. One of my favorite sayings is, uh, I cannot control the wind or the ocean. I can only adjust my sails. That's beautiful. Which I love that, you know. But, you know, you're talking about control. And the, the way I look at that in, in my mm-hmm. journey in sobriety, like um, it was always about trying to control, the frustration of trying to control the uncontrollable. And you get, you know, you get humbled by that. Mm-hmm. And what I think of it now is, you know, we're just insects crawling around on a little pebble, hurling through oblivion amongst billions of other pebbles with meteors bouncing off our atmosphere. I mean, the, the illusion of control is ridiculous. None of us have control over anything. That is a very deep anything. metaphor. Yes. I appreciate it. I don't even that. think it's a metaphor. I think it's reality. I mean, yeah, because just, we think we're so great. We're just on a tiny pebble crawling around on this little pebble fighting I each mean, other. The <laughs> aliens haven't come yet. I mean, I'm one of those people that believes in them. I know I'm going to sound like a loon to some people, but I don't believe we're the only life that is out here in this huge galaxy and universe. But wait, have we talked about any other crises? No, actually we should get, but but we're talking about the general response to crises, so we're on there. But yeah, like I remember in the 70s, I I was working at my stepfather's gas station door, and I talked about this in another episode. In the Cars episode. Yeah, so I won't get into it too much, but you watch how people react, like you know, you could only get gas if you had even numbered plates or odd number plates on a day there were, you know, there were restrictions and people would try to switch the license plate to the other car. And I, you know, I'm like 14 years old and I'm like, oh, you know, you can't do that. And then these big gloops, you know, these Italian with the gold chains. And the they, guidos. And I'm like, you know what? I, I don't have a dog in this fight. You know, here's your goddamn gas. Don't kill me. I got no beef with you, motherfucker. Yeah, like nobody, everybody thinks the rules don't apply to them in a crisis. Well, that's the thing, and that's the entitlement. And we think only today people are entitled, but you just said the Goombas. So even in the 70s, you had your people that thought they were privileged, and it's like, screw you. And then people throw around their weight in terms of their being macho, whether it's a man or woman. It's like, it's a power. And it's like, this is not the time to show that. This is the time that we have to step up as humans and step up as humanity to be good people because kindness is so much more powerful than being a dick. That's and, it. And, I, and a lot of people are. You, you know, yes. all, all kidding aside, I think, you know, these are the times where you see the good in people come out. I agree. And you see the bad in people, you know. Yes. And then the only thing you can say is maybe that person who's acting like a shithead right now is going to learn from it and be a better person later. Who knows? But it's it's hard to stay positive and be a humanist when you, when everybody's just running around like an idiot. With toilet paper and water. Well, you know, oh, I swear to God. But like, so, so what's another crisis? I remember... Um, do you, I remember when I was in high school, the I, Iranian um, hostages. You remember that? Yes. When Iran took the American hostages. Yes. And, yeah, and everybody like thought we were going to war again. And there was still the threat of the Russians. When I was a kid, there were the nukes. Always. Yeah, there was. I mean, no, wait, the Russians have always been an issue up until it, how many years ago? Well, it wasn't like the 60s where like our parents were ducking under the, you know. No, the, not the, going to the but bunkers. It, but right. still, we didn't have, it was still called the USSR. Nuclear, yeah, wasn't it well, still like... And it was the Cold War. Yes. I mean, we were on the brink of yes. war. I know. It was Who was the guy? Gorbachev? Gorbachev, yeah. Okay, go on about the your spot. Story. You're pointing to your head. The spot. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a strawberry thing. Yeah, he had the thing on his head. Oh, yeah. But, uh... The yeah. Iran. Yeah, so, you know, that I remember that. The Americans being held hostage and then when when Carter was president. He and was then a good president. they waited until the day Reagan was inaugurated and let them go because they knew... 
he was going to get him. But, um, you know, I remember everybody just thinking, like, the rules don't apply. Like, whenever there's a crisis, all of a sudden, like, people just forget about the rules of society. Like, know. You know what I mean? Like, now we're free to just be idiots, like, looting or, like... I'm being angry because you know what it is? It's misplaced anger. And I think that's another problem. And the fear, because underneath every anger, I think underneath anger and hate is actually fear. You're just fear of the unknown, right? So we are taught as children not to do this, not to do this. And I think as adults, we haven't, of course, we're going to have fear at times. And I think it's a collective consciousness. I mean, I went out the other day. I had to get fingerprinted for a job. And it wasn't because I'm, obviously, I'm not a criminal. And I had to go out. So I was like, let me go early. Believe it or not, I got to... In L.A., I drove three and a half miles in ten minutes. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't live in L.A. Uh, may not know that three and a half miles in L.A. should take at least a half an hour. Thank you very much. On a good day. Correct. And this was Monday morning, 8 o'clock. Okay? <laughs> so that was a good thing. And I had to go do what I needed to do. It's for a government thing. Whatever. Fine. And I said, let me stop by pavilions. Let me get my probiotic drinks. They are not a necessity. But I hadn't had them in a while and my acid reflux is acting up. But that's not the point. <laughs> I get a spot in pavilions. I'm thinking it's fine. Oh my God. I walk into this place. I've never seen it so full. I went around. I said, nope, can't do this. I walked out. I felt so much anxiety and felt like crap because I was just absorbing collective consciousness energy. And then I stopped, tried to stop somewhere else. I saw another line. I'm like, oh no, you're not doing this. Because what happens is we don't understand it. We're energy, right? You walk into a room. You know something's like feels funky. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The same thing with this time. So if you're not feeling fearful or feeling anxious, other people are. And then I came home, I was achy all day. Now I don't mean like sick, just like a general, like I'm wearing a cloak of anxiety yeah, and fear that's it, not my own. It affects you. And, and I won't go not, out. It's not even so much the amount of people. I mean, I don't like being in crowded spaces. No, I don't either. But But it's that energy that you're talking about. I remember when I was in the grocery store the other day, it wasn't even that crowded because, you know, nothing was there anymore. The shelves were empty. Especially when the TP and the bread and the milk and the water. Right. But the people there were just this ang- anxious, you know, and fear. And you just feel it. It's just terrible. It's weird. It's an, and I just want people to understand. We talk <clears throat> about energy. It's just like when you go to a concert. You might feel euphoric. It's the same thing. Like you go to a concert or a sports game, yeah. right? Like sports game, whatever you call it. Sports event. You all like feed off of the environment of, hey, hey, rah, rah. That is the same thing with collective consciousness in times of anxiety and fear so i just want to instill this again another reason not to go outside it's not your own fears and anxiety you're feeling (laughs) if you're outdoors if you have to be outdoors completely different you know who was who was really into that crowd and collective energy manipulating it was uh, Jim Morrison from The Doors. Oh, yeah, I thought was, you were going to say Jim Jones, which was another well, crime. Yeah, that any, was a funny those, situation. Um, those crazy leaders, yeah. But no, but uh, Jim Morrison used to try to control the crowds and, and the, the concerts and get them to do things. He was completely like uh, obsessed with the crowd mentality, the herd mentality and manipulating The sheeple. Them. The sheeple, yeah. He, he loved it. He they talked the about it. He wrote about it a lot. Well, he was a deep dude. We've discussed him as a legend. All right, you know what's what funny happen? is being at our age now and you look at like Jim Morrison was so young. He was a kid when he died. 27, 20, right? I mean, that's nuts. But anyway, crisis. So what else? Uh, Katrina, well, you mentioned 9-11. And 9-11, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, you were in New York at that time, right? I, I was actually supposed to be in the, um, the World Trade Center that day. Okay. Yeah. But so, okay, so I grew up out right outside of New Jersey. 
And like we're talking five minutes. I wasn't in the city that day, but I remember. I, this is one thing about global crisis, or a moment you remember the moment you found out. Oh yeah. And I remember coming home from a run, and my mom had the TV on. She's like, "Your brother just called." My brother was walking down the street, and he saw the plane go into whatever. Yeah. And he called my mother. He's like, "Oh my god!" And my mom was like, "Oh my god!" The, to, to the twin towers have been hit. And I'm like, what? And I will never forget, I was wearing these blue running pants. I don't remember what I ate yesterday, <laughs> but I remember where, what specific t-shirt, the sneakers, everything, and coming in and being like, oh my God. And for me, 9-11, I mean, this was, what, it's 19 years ago, right? Because it's yeah, 2001. 2001, yeah. And for me, it was like such a turning point in terms of spirituality and being human because I remember going to the city after a few weeks later to go to auditions when they started resuming life as we had to, or yeah, whatever yeah. it was. And everybody was saying hello to each other. Everybody was smiling. I remember we all bought the scarves that had the American flags. I totally have that somewhere in Jersey still. Yeah. And it was just to show solidarity. And I think that to me was like, for me, the aftermath of 9-11 was something that I found really touching and really special because people really... I think it was a good year. I but, felt but like that's for a one year. side of it. The other side of it is when it was happening that day, people mm. were so consumed with fear. People were talking about even my sister. If she's listening, she's going to kill me. Wow. But she was like, "We're under attack. You know, we're going to drive to Canada or something." And it was like, "Just calm yeah. down." Like people, and even people in sobriety, there was relapses went through oh. the roof. Like there was just a general fear of. Um, and, I, and I, Americans before that were just not used to that. You just weren't, you know, something like that happening on our Never homeland. touched our soil. Yeah, and people really were buried in fear. And, yes. Um, but, you know, we, we got through it. Like, like That's the point. I think what it comes down to, whatever is happening now, which we know is a pandemic, and we're not trying to make light of any of the situation. I want people to realize that. The truth is, this is a serious situation, but... We will rise above it if we listen to the guidelines and just stay the fuck in and not do stupid shit and be a nice person. Unless you're one of the people that died of it, then you don't get through it. But, you know, like even 9-11, you can say, well, yeah, yeah, we'll get through it. It'll pass. But there was thousands of people that didn't get through it. So I understand you that. Gotta, right. but, but as a collective society, yeah, we get through it. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. There's been the Spanish flu, the bubonic plague. I mean, how many right. people have died? Hundreds of thousands. They didn't have the technology we have today. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is... Is, it is also kind of like a purging and I'm not saying it needs to happen it's just more of it kind of is what happens you know viruses happen it's just that we're not used to being out of control because yeah. it's not in our control we can't you know they don't do they have a cure they might now I don't know if India has come up with India something. came up with a, a, like a mixture of existing drugs that they're oh. saying are working really well but yeah we don't know well I but, think we just need to stay the fuck in and listen to us <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I've been running around I got a day job there's no acting gigs right now because uh, everything all the productions have shut down but my day job I'm out running around I'm not sitting in the house but yeah, but I think it's different because I think so many people are working from home. Your day job, you may not be that affected because you're also, um, there are so many people that are told to stay at home. Yeah. I mean, also <clears throat> thinking of crisis, of course we weren't born then, but this will will always be embedded in my brain. Um, when JFK got shot. Because they showed us that footage when we were in high school. Because it was a Bruder film, yeah, Mr. Zabruder. Is that who filmed that? Yeah, there's a Bruder film. Was a guy's name, Mr. Oh, Zabruder. Wow. Yeah. Okay, because that was. 
weird to see like Jackie O. I always used to be like, what was she reaching for? It was part of his fucking yeah, scalp. Top of his head. Yeah. yeah, and you're just like, oh my god, and I can't imagine. I mean, people were crying and devastated. That was a day that America really, I think, was just like, wait a second, because. You know, it's the president, and in those days, I mean, he was in a convertible, so they didn't know about security as much as they do today. Well, it was, um, yeah, I mean, security around the president has increased every (laughs) year from the, I mean, back in the day when Lincoln was president, you could just walk into the uh, White House and wait in line to talk to him and ask questions. Oh, my God. Yeah, like people would be all mingling in the hallways, like waiting online to ask questions and do things. Like, so. Well, what would you ask Lincoln if you had that opportunity? What would I ask Abe Lincoln? Wow. Imagine if you can go back in time and be one of those t- people, but you are from the future. But I wouldn't talk to Lincoln. I'd talk to uh, Ben Franklin. He's my hero. Is he your hero? Yeah, Ben Franklin. I don't have any heroes after O.J. was my hero, he was the last one. <laughs> O.J. Let's Simpson talk about that was my crisis. childhood hero. But no, um, uh, Ben Franklin, I would ask. Lincoln, I mean, I would just ask him, you know. I'd tell him not to go to that theater. <laughs> I, would, I would ask him, how, to, how, to, how do you stay within, you know, identify and stay within, within your, um, your convictions, you know, with mm. all this immense pressure on you? Um, how do you stay true to your convictions, you know, and that, like, if you, I don't know if, I, should I say, I guess it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm a master mason, you know, I'm, I'm, part, I'm a, uh, in the masonic, uh, right, and, you know, so one of the things is, um, you know, the square and the compass are our symbols, right, okay. being yes. true to the square, and the compass is because it draws a perfect circle, and, you know, the idea is that that's the circle of your convictions and your oh. honor and your integrity, and you stay within that at all times. And uh, I mean, some people would argue it means something else, but that's what I've been told. And that's what I think is, you know, when, and, and this is actually relative to our topic about, about crisis, because even in the bad times, under the most pressure in the hardest times, you have to remember to stay true to your convictions, your integrity and your honor. If you have that in the first place, you're <laughs> a right. lot of people don't have honor. And, and you're integrity. right, and that's what I think it comes down to. Now, look at me going on the dark side because <laughs> so many people are putting a facade that they're such nice, kind people. Yeah. And I'm also going to say this because I do believe it's a spiritual reckoning what we're going through. It's a purging of a lot of darkness, and I think it is going to have people that are here of the greater good to rise up and allow the people that are light workers and healers and those people to come forward and be able to do their work without being faced with um, obstacles or challenges from the people that are actually in control that might be in the dark. So I kind of feel it's a purging on a spiritual level, my friends. So for me, I'm going to once again bring it back to a positive, knowing that this too (laughs) shall pass and what will come out of it is going to be light and something that we can build upon of good because the phoenix does rise out of the ashes. It does. I mean, sometimes, you know, like uh, I, I, I had a personal crisis this morning where my finger ripped through the toilet paper. And, you know, I maintained... Oh my maintained, God, how did you... I wait know. a second. Wait a second. No, I you were here my, for this? I stayed calm. I stayed calm. You stayed calm I and did. you carried on. I did. I carried on. I said, okay, how am I going to solve this problem? And I got through it. And, and that's all I'm just saying. Be like me, people. Be like Greg with his toilet paper. If your finger rips through the toilet paper. And by the way, it was the best piece of ass I've had in years. <laughs> As we all know, I haven't had any ass for many years, and I'm not looking for it, especially now. Now is not the time to be. Okay. I need to be real back in. You do need to be real back in. Okay, good. I'm glad. Uh, I mean, so once again, when it comes down to global crises, 
I think that at the end of the day, I mean, like, what else? I mean, there's been so many, but I oh kind of God. feel like... How about the one that affected my life the most? When, what? When I came out to California in 2008, I left a career in technology. I was very successful, oh. network engineer for one of the largest technology companies in the world. Okay. I quit that job. I came out here with all my money to, to be an actor. I bought a production company. And, uh, you know, and I bought that company in October of 2008. Okay. And do we all know what happened in November of 2008? Was it November? It was the, yeah, literally less than three weeks after I bought my company, they announced the entire global banking system could possibly collapse. And I spent four years mm. holding on, struggling. Um, I went from, uh, let's just say, very financially secure to bankruptcy Ugh. and so that was an incredible crisis the financial crisis of 2008 is this all the housing thing i always forget if it had to do with the balloon interests and all that crap was that part of it well yeah the biggest thing were the all the you know the reckless selling of um of you know mortgages right. that were, yeah high-risk mortgages and all that but it was also deregulation of a lot of things okay and you know there were safe safeties put in place so it didn't happen but they were re removed under political pressure back under i mean i don't want to get too political don't but get too political clinton removed the glass siegel act which was supposed to separate savings and loan banks from investment banks because all the savings and loan banks wanted to get in on the you know the the all the investment, money okay yeah and so he revoked the glass siegel act and he gets this credit for this great economy in the 80s, but it's bullshit. He was, the, he was directly responsible for what happened because he basically deregulated, allowed all the savings and loan I cannot to. comment because I'm not the most political, <laughs> I'm not politically savvy. The only crisis I can think about the Clinton was the Monica Lewinsky thing. Oh. That was his personal crisis. <laughs> was that a global crisis? I don't know. <laughs> that was his crisis. So that made you, I mean, so with that. I went bankrupt from being, um, you know, from being very financially secure to bankrupt because of that. Well, it's like the Great Depression, right? That's a that was a big. I mean, hello, nineteen twenty nine, the crash, yeah. the crash. People were committing suicide oh, left yeah. and right. So it's like the beginning. I mean, they were at the high times, wasn't it? The Roaring Twenties, and then all of a sudden, ba bam. And I don't know much about the Great Depression. All I know is it isn't Herbert Hoover that was the president at the time. I can't remember because the only reason I might know it is in the in the in the. Broadway show Annie. They're going through the Great Depression. <laughs> Everything comes back to Annie. I know, I know it does. Everything That's goes. my global crisis. Ultimately, at the end of every road is Annie. <laughs> that is my white whale. It is my white whale, the role of Annie on Broadway. But all I know is they sing a song, We'd like to thank you, Herbert Hoover, for really showing us the way. That's the only reason I know a little bit of history. And I think, I, I really don't know the history of presidents. Well, but. I mean, the... the we're talking about the crisis of 2008. That was the worst economy since the since Great the Depression. Depression. Yeah. And, Do you think uh, that's going to happen after this now? Because now isn't everything crashing? And let's be honest, the economic backlash from this is going to be devastating. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is going to ripple through. But, you know, anybody who has money is buying stocks right now. Everything right, is Right, everything is dirt cheap. Right. Correct. So if, if you are well-to-do, you're buying stocks. If is, you're, is Apple low right now? <laughs> everything went low. Because Apple just reopened up their stores in China. 
know. Well, I'm having a relationship with Apple, just an FYI. I was telling Greg earlier I'm having some issues with my computer because I updated the operating system. I've been on the phone with them multiple times. And we're having like two, three-hour conversations. I'm <laughs> there getting pieces of my life. I'm getting pieces of their life. And at this point, I'm dating Apple support team. Thank you for getting me through this time. <laughs> this emotionally draining time. Anyway. But, yeah, I mean, there's always, listen, in any financial crisis, there's opportunities for people who, who have liquidity. You know, if you have money during a financial crisis that you buy property, you buy stocks, you buy everything while it's down, because mm-hmm. you know it's going to rebound. I of mean, course. it's the United States. It's not, it's not like it's going to collapse. Right. So, but the, but the, you know, lower income and even lower middle class and middle class, they don't have those resources, those, you know, that capital to take advantage of something like this. Most people are... The baby uh, boomers. Well, they're a month away from not being able to pay their bills. Yes, know? that's another... But that is a crisis. The homelessness. I mean, that's yeah. a crisis period, especially like we... I don't know the rest of the world, but in LA. Do you know that this ca- this state, California, has 25% of the nation's homelessness? Here. Yeah. I, it's unbelievable. And I think that's a global... I mean, listen, like you just said... People are, what, a month away from being homeless? Yeah, people are paycheck to paycheck. And even like small business owners that you see, they have a nice car, car payment. They have a small business, employees. I mean, They have insurance to pay for for the employees. There's you don't all this realize stuff. that most small business owners are a month or two away from not being able to pay their bills. Like, you know, so it's uh, something like this can ripple for decades on, you know, small businesses knocking people out and the economy struggling. But... Yeah, I mean, let's not be too dark. Like you said, let's let's look at the positive side. You know, in every single crisis, for for every looter, every maniac, every hoarding, selfish asshole, <laughs> there are good people who are giving other time. I agree. You know, going out and asking their elderly neighbors if they need anything. You know, checking on people. So. And not hoarding TP, and not hoarding bottles of water. TP, and what are you? Toilet paper. I know, but that reminds me of the Happy Days episode. Remember what? when Richie Cunningham was on the phone and he's saying, "Yeah, Mom, okay, I'll stop at the store on the way home. What do you want? Milk? What's TP?" And he goes, "You can say toilet paper on the phone, Mom. You remember that?" No. <laughs> Well, there you go. You just had an established. See, and this is the thing about times of trauma or drama. You can always find something. You gotta find the silver lining. You do have to find something that makes you laugh, like us. Yeah, although, I mean, I think we're very witty and funny. Although we have this a, episode's been a little dark. We're gonna end it on a good note, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I think that we're just being realistic about yeah, yeah. life, and we're not being Pollyannas. But we do know, at the end of the day, I still believe the human spirit is so strong that we overcome. So many things, and I understand that there's people that are passing and dying, and it's unfortunate, but but the truth of life is it's inevitable. We have to pay taxes in this country, and we have to die. I mean, that's the thing. We're all going to die. And I'm not saying, oh, my God, it's their time to go. We have to pay taxes. Well. Do you know there was no income tax in this country for up until recently? What do you mean? They only used to tax businesses. Income tax was a new thing, only a, a few presidential presidents ago who's a few but who's I mean the president? like before right before our our time I was gonna say because I, I can't remember from, exactly since I've been working that you pay income tax I'm trying to sound smart but I don't know when it was you know what? <laughs> but it wasn't that long ago where income tax is a relatively new thing you never paid income well the tax. Romans taxed everybody so you well, can blame the Romans yeah and what for happened to shit. the Roman Empire that, I agree I'm not saying that <laughs> listen did I think listen every empire has fallen yes. let's be honest 
And I think that's another thing. Like, that's crisis. The uh, Romans have fallen. The Greek, every empire has fallen. Even the UK, they just left the European Union or whatever, the Brexit, they Brexited out. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so many things. I think the whole world on a, I mean, look at poor Italy during this time. Yeah. I mean, this is a very sad, but they're singing. This is the human spirit. The, have you seen those videos? Yeah, yeah. The Italians are quarantined, but they are literally standing on their balconies singing beautiful. See, like that's gonna make me cry. Singing beautiful <laughs> songs and just and you know what? That's what people do. You find the good in everything, and you realize, you know, we shall overcome. And just to gotta plot on through, but we have to be smart. And that's something I just want to say to people: please keep your mind about you, keep your wits about you, and instead of looking outside of yourself, go within. This is a great time to utilize this time at home to really search your like who you are and take the time to take the care of yourself cuz that's what I also think it's helping you the, the society do take care of themselves self care is number 1 you got to put your own oxygen mask on first before you can help your fellow passengers that's right even yeah. if they're a ch- if they're a child <laughs> but i mean you know that i mean that's great advice to, to you know all three of our listeners they should <laughs> <laughs> and the majority of them are not even in america be nice to each other Please. and uh, do do one thing a day for someone else. Do one nice thing for someone else every day and see how it, how it feels. You know, you could even send, I love that even though technology can be a little overbearing, you can send those personal messages as a text yeah. and you can sing to somebody. You can tell them a story or just say, I was thinking of you, I'm sending light and love. I'm telling you, it is the greatest thing to hear from somebody you haven't heard from in a long time. So take, like Greg said, take this time. Also, another thing to do to get out of the fear and anxiety, perhaps some meditation. Do some. Right. There's a lot of you can utilize the wonderful computer world to find a lot of free guide. And you know how many people are now offering free online classes? Yeah, Debbie Allen's teaching free dance classes. Yeah. Like people are see this is where humanity is stepping up. Wow, her class is going to increase by three immediately. <laughs> <laughs> People, some, yeah, they, they should remember who Debbie Allen is. If you don't remember, she's a famous choreographer dancer who was in the TV show Fame. Fame, I'm gonna live forever. She was also in the movie. I loved that movie, Fame. I loved that TV show. You know, that's one of those few dancing stupid movies that I actually do like. So okay, because was it was good. gritty. Yeah, Fame It was, was very gritty. Heaven when they're dancing on the cars in the middle of the street? <laughs> that's like my whole world. I've been wanting to be... My, I'm just gonna say this. I know it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but this, this is a tangent. I've always wanted to be in a store and go, give me a beat, which is part of Janet Jackson's one of her songs. Right. And everybody just look at me. And then all of a sudden, they all come out from behind the aisles and we start doing a dance and singing and doing this whole, <laughs> what do they call it, a flash mob thing? And like, you know, you can drone it and you see all of us like You dancing. should set it up and then just get someone to hide, you know, stand there with a camera and film it. Just get, like get a, somebody who knows has a drone because a drone just, overhead's really cool. No. Right. That's a, I mean, that's one of my dreams. I'm not going to lie. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So as far as crisis goes, you know what's you know what I'm thinking about after like this entire um, forty minutes of <laughs> tangents? tangents and crisis is you look at all the crisis. I'm sure there was a lot we couldn't think of, but from the '70s, '80s, '90s, you know what I mean? It's not that bad in America. You want to talk about real crisis where you got to walk three miles to get fresh water and carry it back on your head, or where there's you know nowhere to poop or pee, or your kids dying of 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 a cold you know your child is dying of a of a common cold or dysentery or diarrhea yes that's crisis our third world nations that people do go in and help them build wells and teach them education to feed their young and that's 
That's the thing I think we all have to think about is that we're not in such a bad state. And we are so right now feeling like, oh my God, but there are people that have been surviving with so much worse. And their human spirit still allows them to get up every day. I'm not talking about like if you get sickly. I'm not talking about that. But to know that at this point in time, you can utilize this to become a better fucking human being. I had to say the <laughs> F and I don't care. And count your blessings is what I'm saying. Right. Because, you know, I'm... And, even even some of the worst, you know, the, even uh, I may get flash, you know, pushback from this, but even our homeless people have it better than 60, 70 percent of people in the world. And um, so remember that count your blessings, meditate. Meditation is my drug of choice. I highly suggest it. I agree. And there's a lot of free resources out there. A lot of free resources. Take advantage. Listen, people, you are actually, you know, the universe pushes you out of your comfort zone because you're not listening. This is a time for our collective consciousness to go within and become a better human being. They're forcing us literally to stay in the house. To oh. t- shanti, shanti. Oh. So take advantage of this time. <laughs> If you're working from home, don't forget to give yourself that time to decompress and be kind to yourself and loving. And like Greg said, do something nice for somebody, whether it's texting, buying groceries and, you know, leaving it outdoors for the elderly. Cause and obviously, I highly suggest you masturbate once a day, relieve that tension <gasps> and pressure. You know what? <laughs> I just read an article about the masturbation meditation. So there you go. You guys can meditate and masturbate at the same time. That's also online. Look it up. Masturbation meditation. And now guess what? You were good to go. You're going to be stress free in a crisis. If you're that, you know, if you're doing that you combination, know, I did have, I was watching one of my tariscopes and the girl was like daydream at night while you're masturbating that energy of, the things you want to have happen in your life to manifest and because that that level of ecstasy and what you're releasing will just elevate the things you want that will elevate your vibration and energy so masturbate like crazy i mean why do you think your arms are that long they're the perfect (laughs) length right i mean i'm I'm a Darwinist. I think all the people with short little dinosaur arms went crazy because they couldn't reach and they died. And only the ones who could masturbate were survived and who reproduced. Who had short little dinosaur arms? I'm just saying, T-Rex. humans might have had little arms they couldn't reach. They are the ones that died away. That's why they're not here anymore. Only the ones with longer arms who can masturbate were able to stay alive, survive. And that's why your arms are the exact perfect length. I like where he's going. See what so, I'm saying? You, yeah, see, you, I'm, you think I'm, this I'm, is an accident? It's not. <laughs> Well, I'm, I will say this. Don't congregate. Masturbate. masturbate. and meditate. like it. That's a t-shirt. We actually could do. Don't congregate, but masturbate. There you go. Social, I got nothing Social else. distancing. Yes, but you don't want to be socially distant from your own self. That's right. Because go within and you will never go without. And we're going to end on the masturbation suggestion. So uh, namaste. Uh, namaste. <laughs> Um, we are nostalgic tangents. We don't know what the hell we just talked about. And that's half the fun here, right? Yeah, because you know what? I mean, listen, we're still entertaining. And <laughs> even though in times of doubt and trouble, you could, you still got Greg and Rosie to entertain your asses. So we'll, uh, we'll see you next week at another episode of Nostalgic Tangents. Visit our website, nostalgictangents.com. 
and uh, see us on all the social media stuff, right? And what are we are on? You? And oh, wait, 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 we're on Instagram. Instagram. We're on Facebook. The Facebook. The Facebook. We're actually on the YouTube. The YouTube. And I mean, we're here. Right. And once again, reach out to us. If you want to flip some, you know, topics to us, we're riffing. That's all we do, people. We only riff. I just want to remind you that. Well, I'm Greg DiPietro. I'm Rosie DeCandia. And we will see you next time. Masturbate and meditate. Don't congregate. Woo-hoo. Yeah!